Hello, welcome to the L3 Podcast, a podcast production of the Michigan Ministry Network designed and focused to help ministers and church leaders live healthy lives, lead thriving churches, and launch into the communities around them. I'm your host, Aaron Halavin, and we're excited to be with you today. Well, today I am super excited to have my friend, my brother in ministry, uh, Devin Goff here, and he is uh, such a blessing. Devin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Very happy to be here with you, the super superintendent. Oh, come on. That's come what on. I call him, come the on, super man. soup. Just call me Fred. <laughs> Just call me Fred. That works. But I'll take it. I'll take it, too. <laughs> That's what you are, man. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate you. Hey, tell us a little bit about, for those who may not know, tell me a little bit about, or tell us a little bit about where you serve, what you've been up to. Uh, and uh, give a little chance for people to get to know you before we jump into our subject. Today. Well, thanks again for having me. I am privileged to serve as the senior pastor of Revival Tabernacle Church right in the heart of Highland Park, Michigan. RT. Hi, RT, Revival yeah. Tab, RT, the purple <laughs> church on Woodward. You know, um, we, we've we been there for over 30 years. Yeah. Uh, I've been privileged to serve as the senior pastor since uh, 2015. Yeah. So I'm getting ready to hit that eight-year mark yeah. this September or this coming uh, up month. And yeah. so it's been great. Uh, I've been privileged to just be a part of what God is doing there at Revival uh, probably since 2008, yeah. I, I came there. My wife felt that it was a, um, so a little bit about me. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm a fourth generation, um, preacher ministry yeah. head yeah. figure. Um, my great grandfather founded a church on the East side of Detroit, a Baptist oh, wow. church on the East side of Detroit, wow. faith temple Baptist church. Okay. My grandfather, his son, uh, founded a Pentecostal church on the west side of Detroit. So you had a Baptist church I, on the listen, east side and a Pentecostal listen, on the west. Listen, <laughs> and then now I and now I pastor an Assemblies of God church yeah. right dead smack in the middle, <laughs> right on Woodward Avenue. And um, so, but my parents were both involved in ministry. Yeah, uh, served. My dad was big in in the gospel music scene. Uh, my mom led worship and you know, all the things. And so now here I am yeah. uh, pastoring the church there at Revival Tabernacle. And it's been an absolute joy. I just, yeah. it's a privilege for me to get to do what the Lord has called me to do. Always felt like I had a pastoral call in my life, and sure. but I didn't want to do it. I saw, I, yeah. I, I, I saw too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I seen too much. Yeah. And so, but I told the Lord, I said, but if this is what you want me to do, you have to come to me yeah. and I won't say no. That's and awesome. uh, he made himself abundantly clear one uh, Friday night in my dorm room on the campus of Eastern Michigan University, yeah. where he affirmed that call, and uh, I've been running, been running for my life, running for yeah. Jesus ever since. That's awesome, and you do a great job. I, I got a chance uh, with our Seek and Save outreach. Of course, we've been friends, but beyond that, got to watch you pastor, and I, I'll never forget uh, you hugging a gentleman. It was an emotional moment when he got baptized, gave his heart to the Lord. It was powerful. And and, and I, let me just tell you something. Yeah. I think this needs to be said, especially because, you know, I'm still in I'm still in shock and awe yeah. over what the Lord did during Seek and Save, and yeah. that was some months ago. Uh, but not only what He did, you know, for the Big Black Party and the baptism and the salvations and all the people that yeah. were rescued and all those things that wonderful things that happened, but the buy-in of this amazing mm. network. Yeah. That literally, I mean, hundreds, yeah. probably 300 or so people that yeah. took off work from their jobs yeah. and came down into the inner city, um, Revival Tabernacle, Santos Church, yeah. Life Changers International yeah. Ministries, um, 
uh, Pastor Ovid, um, uh, um, for uh, La Roca. La Roca Church, La Roca, yes, yeah. yes. And, and I mean, we're still feeling the effects awesome. of that work that happened during that week. Yes, the renovations was cool, but yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the people whose lives were touched on yeah. the streets and how there's... I mean, I mean, I got names, you know, yeah. Paul and Savannah, who we prayed for. They still come to the church come every on. single Sunday. Today. Yeah. Ricardo, who yeah. we baptized at the block party. He I saw him there the next Sunday. Yes. I was at church the next and day. He's, and he, he, him, him, his brother and his brother's wife, they continue to oh, come. It's, that's awesome. it's, it's amazing to see how when people come together yeah. and say, I'm going to commit my life to this one week yeah. and just see what God is able to do. And I, I just want everyone who's listening to know awesome. that uh, your labor is not in vain, Thanks, that we are still sure, seeing yeah. the effects of what happened that one week in May. Well, there's and, a good uh, pastor at, at RT. I know him. Well, so you. Uh, he does a good job. Thank so you. <laughs> it's good ground to sow. And same with Santos and Life Changers and La Roca. Just uh, we've got great Detroit pastors, yeah. which is our subject today. Um, the struggles and successes of urban ministry. Oh my. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to enlighten us. We, uh, <laughs> in, in a network, we have uh, large, medium, small size churches. We have rural, suburban, and urban. Mm. We have a vast variety. It's part of the complicated part of, of ministry is there's no one size fits all. Everyone has my different God. strengths and challenges and blessings and, and hardships. And so um, part of what I want to do through our podcast is to uh, kind of really enlighten the whole network on all those different parts from small church to large mm -hmm. church to urban to suburban to rural. And so I want to talk with you. You've been there a long time. Obviously, your family's been there for generations and decades. And um, what is it like uh, and, and we just want you to be real. What is it like to be a lead pastor mm. in a, in an urban setting? You know, I think one of the things that may surprise, uh, a lot of people or listeners is that a, a lot of the expressed needs are not that different Correct. from suburban and rural areas. Sure. I mean, you know, they need leadership development. Yeah. So do we. Right. Right. <laughs> you right. know, like there, there are, there, there are, there are resources that are need right. that, that are needed out there. Yeah. Need resources that are needed on our side. Now, yeah. how that is delivered, uh, the platform, the yeah. vehicle that it may, that we may use to actually get it to them may be different. The priorities may shift. Um, because of course in our context, you know, poverty, it, it just, it, that alone breaks down so many different things to Absolutely. where if you're not meeting those expressed needs, of course, that's the reason why Seek and Save was so right. impactful right. and so significant was because we were able to literally, whether it was the 5,000 bags of groceries that right. Convoy of Hope came through or right. whether it was the families that were reunited because their child was uh, 11, uh, 11, 11 come on, children Devin. were rescued. What a week. day. What Amazing. a week. Come on. So, I mean, you know, so the priorities may change in terms of what is important and pressing right now. But I think overall, a lot of the needs are very consistent. Sure. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that we see, I mean, every, every single day. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating this every single day, like in our context as preachers or as pastors, you know, on Sunday, the doors of the church are now open and we right. receive new members. Well, it's important that, um, the doors of the church are open Monday through Friday right. for us because every single day there's someone coming to our doors mm. that's needing food. Yeah. They need assistance with shelter. Right. 
Um, they need assistance with, hey, listen, next door at the Woodward Inn Motel, they're going to put me out and I just need to stay another night because, you know, my government assistance check is coming tomorrow and it's right. the first and, you know, all those different nuances. And so the importance for the church to be there um, and the doors of the church to be open throughout the week is vitally important. Because and that's a big difference that, because suburban churches, the doors, I mean, they're open. You can get in the building, sure. but we think in terms of midweek service, maybe an event Sunday. Yeah. Urban setting, no, it's it, ministry through the week is is I, as important as Sunday. I, I tell people all the time, you know, when you have been called to this work, yeah. you can't choose when people need help. Oh, that's good. Yeah, right. <laughs> you right. can't choose when people are going to be sick. Like right. the need is always there. And, right. and, and so you're always on. Um, and, and so real you, needs, not perceived needs. No, I'm talking like, like we're talking real, real tangible, needs. tangible needs. And so we've been blessed, you know, uh, of course, we have partnerships with, you know, Forgotten Harvest. Sure. We have an amazing partnership with World Challenge. Yeah. And they've been able to assist us with some grant funding to where we've been able to build out our pantry. Right. And so our team, we're constantly making pre-ready made bags oh, so yeah. that when walk-ups come, we can provide them with food. And right. so then it became a thing to where, okay, let's understand the need a little bit better. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, if we give them, you know, a can of green beans, <laughs> you know, well, where are they going to cook it? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So it's like, right. okay, what are we giving them that's not going to further amplify uh, the frustration of their plight of what they're in, making sure that we can meet that express need in a way that is with that is uh, in line with what they need and how they need to receive Love it. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a lot of that comes from just even the further resources that, of course, again, this mm -hmm. network has mm -hmm. brought to us. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the the resource of the WITH Network yeah. or, or the WITH Movement through right. the National Black Fellowship. Right. And Bishop Walter Harvey. Um, For those listening, if you don't know, the Assemblies of God has the National Black Fellowship. Bishop Harvey is the leader of that. Yeah. And our network and, and some churches uh, raised some money, contributed money, both as a network and churches, to be able to have our uh, urban pastors, both from Pontiac and Detroit, Detroit yeah. be a part of a, an ongoing cohort. training yeah. and a cohort. A year that long. It's a year yeah. long, yeah. right. So Absolutely. just so in case you don't know, but that's been a big thing that we've been a part of. So. It, it's been amazing. And what the, the mindset behind it is a lot of times we come into church and we drive to the church and we end up doing ministry in the community. Right. Uh, inside of our four walls, we're very insulated. We And then once service is over, we drive and go back home. Right. And then the next level of, 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 of the ministry model is we do it for the community. We, right. we want to do outreach, but we do it for them, uh, basically on our own terms, right. Right. <laughs> for them, what we perceive that the need is. Right. But what the WITH movement is, it takes you to that next level of ministry and says, hey, we're not going to just come and do it in the community. We're not going to just come and do it for the community, but we want to come and do it with the community. Hence the name. Hence the name. And yeah. so then to be able to literally sit down with the community leaders and the stakeholders within the neighborhood that the church has planted yeah. and find out what those needs are right. and then be able to say, now we as the church with a little bit of our resources that we have right. are going to invest back into the community and do things with the community. And so, which happened actually during seek and save many people may not know this, but uh, we were able to secure a meeting with the mayor of Detroit and yes. in that meeting, one of the things he was sharing is some of the great wins of Detroit, but Absolutely. also some ways to partner. And that was a, 
an eye-opening moment. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he 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 basically empowered you know the pastors that yes, were in that help. room yeah. and said, "Listen, here's what you could be doing if you want to come alongside and do this thing with right. us." And so opportunities like that 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 does not come just by happenstance. Right. And so you know, um, there are some 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 glaring. Uh, you know, plights that we face as lead pastors right. in the urban setting. But I tell you, you know, the same God that, um, you know, is, is, is alive and well and moving across, yeah. you know, in our rural areas and yeah. our suburban areas, he's also doing the same work Absolutely. in the urban areas as well. Absolutely. What, with all the challenges and, and, and let me just say this, I'm just going to say this unashamedly. I'll do this for you. Um, our, our Detroit pastors are doing a great job. Urban pastors are doing a great job. Uh, but some of those felt needs are still felt needs and yeah. the resources for them. So I just encourage any of our churches listening, if you want to sow a seed into any of our urban churches, feel free to do so as a blessing to them. Don't try to manage how it's used. Just give it as a blessing and allow that to happen. But with all the needs and stuff, talk to me for a moment, because a lot of times I learned this from uh, uh, James Corder, who's a missionary to Haiti. When we went on a missions trip when I was a pastor, he said, don't talk about what's bad and in Haiti, tell mm. us what's good. Talk about good, <laughs> and and we have a lot we could talk about. That are the sure. struggles of urban ministry, and I will tell you, from uh, my friendships and just ob observation, urban ministry has very unique challenges. You're right. Yeah, we have the same needs, but the challenges are different. Sure. But talk to me about what's the best part of being oh, an urban goodness. urban pastor. You know, the people. Yeah. Um, for me, that's kind of where it all kind of goes back to. Um, not only the people that you serve, but the people that you get to serve alongside yeah. to actually meet those needs of the people that you're serving. Um, I remember when I was a young kid, my first job was that of a caddy. Okay. I was a caddy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was my brother's first job too. But that Were was you his, a good that one? That was his first and last job. Were you a good I, one? I think I was okay. <laughs> okay. He didn't work out so well. He, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, but, but so, but I remember in our, in our, in our little caddy meeting room, yeah. it had this sign on the wall. It said, um, we, the unknown, no, yeah, we, the unknown, taught by the unlearned, have done so much with so little for so long. Ooh. We now have become qualified to do just about anything with little or nothing. Wow. And when I, 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 it was like, I would see it every day, but it just became embedded in my, in my wow. heart. Yeah. And, uh, that really becomes, you know, the lens by which we do it sure. because there's a lot that we have to do, but sometimes it feels as though we have only two fish yeah, right. and five loaves of bread. Right. And we're called to do all of this. Yeah. But I tell you what God does and how he is able to get in it yeah. and make little much. Yeah, right. Um, and the people that we're able to touch on a daily basis, that brings the joy. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I mean, it's almost like you can't talk about the, the, the good parts without highlighting the bad parts because right. it's in the bad that right. we actually see the good. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. so, but I mean, like there's so many things that happen just on a daily or weekly basis. Um, you know, I, there's a, uh, you know, like lo looking at it differently. So, so, so I'll say this, yeah. um, we're on Woodward Avenue, right? So like if you if 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 you're not from Detroit or not from the area, you know, Woodward Avenue, you know, Woodward Avenue becomes a different place at night. And yeah. you know, being in Highland Park, it's 
what has been known is like you don't go to Highland Park, you drive through Highland Park. Correct, right? Yeah. Um, it's so, not it's not the Thanksgiving Day parade at night. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. You see, that's further down that's the further way. Down but the we're, way. so right. so what happens is is that you see this amazing uh, cornucopia of of just people. Yeah, and they're walking the streets. Yeah, and they're hurting. Yeah. But you also, when you get a chance to to sit them down and talk to them and yeah. hear their story, uh, I, I mean, I, I think about Peggy Sue, mm. you know, stage four cancer. Mm. When she came back around, all her hair was shaved off, you know, going through chemo, chemotherapy. Yeah. Talked about how she is rededicating her life back to Come Jesus, on. you know, and, and of course the struggles are still there, you yeah, know, right. the, you know, but, but, but the awareness to say, I know I got to do better. And I know that that's the place I, I remember. Um, another person, he came, he came on that Saturday for seek and save yeah. came on that following Sunday had been out all night long. Mm. Uh, did not have anywhere to go. No, no phone to call, but he made his way back to the church. Mm. Come on. Uh, before coming to seek and save, he, he had just been released from prison, had been in prison for five years. Wow. But he made his way back to the church. The church yeah. was what he remembered as the consistent yeah. factor in that community, and he knew that if he that if he could just get there, yeah. you know that he that that he could make it and start yeah. getting things together. And so when so when you ask me about what are the what are the beautiful things about it, it's people. It's that. Yeah. It's, it's the people. It's Come the people. On. It's being able to see God. I mean, literally, yeah. working in their lives. Yeah, and. You just can't beat that. It's it's one of the unique things. So I pastored in the suburban church, and we saw God do life-transforming things. But in suburban settings, oftentimes the transition is the transformation is less dramatically seen mm. um, because of what we're dealing with are different sure. things. Uh, what I loved watching, um, Pastor Tim called it the sophisticated sin. Yeah, there it is. There it is, sophisticated <laughs> sin. But what I loved is you sent me over. You, we needed something, so I said I'll run over to the um, an Ace Hardware. Yeah. And that Ace Hardware is not like an it's Ace. It's not hardware. like an Ace Hardware in Sterling Heights. Never, so. <laughs> never. And I walked in, but what was interesting? The guy said, "What are you looking for?" I said, "I'm looking for this." He goes, "I don't have it, but I'll get it." Mm. And I said, what? He goes, you just tell me when you, I said, well, I, I need it now. I said, we'll be okay. Can we find something else? And the, the communal feel mm. as people were coming in the door, yeah. that guy knew everybody's name, everybody, everybody he's talking. You don't get that yeah. in a suburban setting, the community, the yeah. people, a guy was sitting on a, uh, shopping cart outside. And he said, this is my couch. And I said, okay. <laughs> and he said, you want to sit here? So he and I sat on the couch together and we were just talking. And I said, what makes this church great? He goes, it's my community. Right. I loved that. Notice he didn't say it's part of the community. The church was, was his community. community. So I think I think that is a beautiful description you described. And I think that's part of the unique benefits yeah. of an urban setting in ministry. Uh, what do you see as the current opportunities for urban ministry moving forward? Whew, man. Um, you know, it's amazing because when we went and sat and talked with the mayor, the mayor lifted up exactly what it is that yeah. we've kind of been looking to do. Right. And that is when, when you have opportunities within the urban context to have the church reinvest into the community right. through purchasing of homes. Right. Um, and sometimes, you know, it may not be feasible because we just like, Hey, let's, let's be honest. Right. You know, how can I go buy that house on, on, on the block that the church is, 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 is planted in right. when, 
our heat is out, right. <laughs> you exactly. know, and like we got to yeah. address that. Right. Or, right. or in the summertime, the air is out. And or you're rebuilding the purple wall. Listen, and the I, wall I is crumbling now. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? So, yeah. so these are the things, but, but it's like, you know, with amazing partners, yeah. we're able to not not have to choose between this or that. Now, there are days, more days than none, that that we are forced to choose. Right. Do I do this or do I do that? Right. But but I'll highlight this in terms of a beauty piece. Yeah. Um, Brightmore Church. Yeah. Pastor Jamie, Pastor Lisa, yeah. the entire team over there, they've come alongside us over the last two years. I love it. Every single fourth Saturday. Yeah. And they have helped us serve our community. Come on. That's great. They bring their mobile grill. They bring yeah. their picnic tables. They lay it out right there on our lot. And we show up to be able to literally be with the people yeah. while they do all the heavy lifting. Yeah, I love Like, that. I love the fact that you were able to open up and say, hey, have you you've got resources, you know, funds, whatever, yeah. send it. But also, sometimes it's just the sheer manpower and just right. to say, hey, we're locking arms with you, RT. We're locking arms with you, right. Life Changes International. We're locking right. arms with you, Santos. Right. What is it that you need? And how can we help lighten the load so that right. you can focus on the ministry? Bishop and not Winans. to come, not to yeah. come to fix something in Detroit, to come serve what God is doing. Already in doing. That's the beautiful attitude yeah. that I witnessed at Seek and Save. Yeah. Sometimes suburban sometimes has that mixed up. It's not a it's not a photo op. It, it it's, it's linking arms. It, it's the mighty it's mighty mouse syndrome. Here I come yeah. to save the day. We don't know? want that. That that doesn't help anybody. Right. But what true partnership? You're gonna say something about uh, Bishop? Yeah. You know he he said he he always says ministry means people. Yeah. And then I also I often tag with that and say and people are messy. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> you know, sure. And so you have to be able to get ready to get your hands dirty. Yeah. You know, and reach down and be able to really minister to those needs that are right there in front of you. I love it, Devin. As we get ready to con- uh, conclude this, let me just mention. So one of the things we're doing as a network is um, we want to plant churches out of our Detroit churches. We have a mm. team Detroit. We're trying to form an idea and a mindset that we're all in this together. And same with Pontiac and Flint. We're going, we want to have team concepts where, where we plant from within our churches. And I, I want to see, I mean, I have a personal goal to see before my time is done, 10 to 15 churches in Detroit. Why would we not have that? My, my, and my. That's, that's my hope. That's my dream. And, and we've already talked about who's in the churches that are ready to go. And we've Listen, got some people in mind. Uh, we got some people. That, I yeah. got some people that's ready. Yeah, <laughs> they're ready. But but it's painful to say. Oh yeah, I mean, it, but it's good. It's good though. It's, it's good. good. It's good. What's um for pastors listening who have a heart for urban ministry beyond partnership? If you're a church that you don't feel you're supposed to uh, plant in, you know, be a, a part of a Detroit church in the sense of planting one, but you want to do resources like what Brightmore's done, mm-hmm. we encourage you to do that. Partner and do that. But if you're a, uh, if a pastor's listening and something's stern in their heart and they're like, I have a passion for urban ministries, where do they start? Where do they go? What do you advise? Ooh. Well, you can come to 16455 Woodward. There it is. <laughs> RT. RT. We come down to Revival Tabernacle. And I mean, literally, because there's so much that is that that needs to be done. Yeah. You can get a firsthand, you know, take. I mean, you know, I know that we have my sim and various yeah. internships that happen yeah. when you complete the different levels. Uh, but maybe even kind of having a track that you know we can work with the with the district network yeah. or the ministry network yeah. and begin to figure out what does that ministry love it. Uh, internship look like that yeah. can be fueled out through 
you know, I mean, what Destin's doing in Pontiac or what Norflet or yeah. what Pastor Rich is doing over in Southwest Detroit or yeah. what we're doing right there in Highland Park. Or the power company in Pontiac, too. They're yeah, training yeah, absolutely. Up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and Detroit. that's my brother, Aaron yeah. Robinson and yeah. Pastor John Gunn. I mean, they're yeah. doing an amazing job and have been doing that for years, for right. decades. But I just think that, you know, being able to really get a hands-on approach right. for what that looks like, what that feels like understanding, talking to that lead pastor, talking right. to, you know, the, the ushers and the greeters, like, Hey, I mean, in our mind, we want to make sure we have healthy rotations where maybe people are only serving once a month, but right. let's just be honest. Right. You know, even human resources are very, are at all time low. Yep. COVID hit the inner city harder than it did Absolutely. in the suburbs or in the rural area. And so, and so just trying to help build some of those things back up. Like we're, where we have a thanks to seek and save, we were able to renovate our children's ministry area. Yeah. So we're relaunching our children's ministry, but we don't, we currently don't have a children's pastor. Right. Uh, so if you have a young person that's interested in urban ministry and would love to touch the lives of children in right. the inner city, right? We, you know, we, we could use that help and right. help develop that person for what it is that God has for them to do. And so yeah. many opportunities that are there, uh, but I would just say link up and talk to another pastor. I mean, awesome. I'm one of, five right. that we currently have within our network right, right now. Uh, but e any one of us from Aaron Robinson, Norfleet yeah. Shoemake, Rich Cologne, uh, Dustin and, and, and Colette McClellan. Mm -hmm. And then what we're doing right there. Right and and Tom Tabernacle. Matuzo senior, uh, and, uh, and Kevin stone in Flint. That's right. Another and, great choice too. That's right. And, 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 and let's not also forget about, uh, Ferndale. Ferndale. Yep. Absolutely. That's right, because With I mean, Reed, yeah. you know, the work that's happening right there in Ferndale, on the kingdom of darkness side, yeah. we need to really make sure that we're supporting them right. and, and and combating what's going on for the kingdom of God. So, so if you're hearing this, listen, if, if you have thoughts and you're feeling a stirring urban ministry, reach out to Devin. You can do so through the RT website. You can uh, reach out to him and uh, we want to make sure Facebook, uh, yeah. social media and connect to that. Devin, can I, can I just pray for our urban settings? Would love, uh, that. I'd love to do that before we leave. Lord, we just, Pray for Pastor Devin and all of our urban pastors who serve for Silent Assembly of God that serves in Detroit for the deaf community. God, I just pray for all of them that your hand would be upon them, that God, you would do incredible things in the season ahead, that Lord, you'd help uh, resources and creativity and people to come alongside and support the vision. Lord, let a revival break out in our yes, urban God. settings. And Lord, we're so thankful for those who've committed their lives to serve God. Strengthen them, encourage them, guide them every step of the way. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Devin, I love you, friend. Oh, this was fun. Yeah. L3. L3. Listen. Come on. I like this, man. I, li I like you. <laughs> All right, brother. I love thanks, you too, Thanks man. for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining the L3 podcast. We pray that it has been beneficial to both you and your ministry. If you would like to know more about the Michigan Ministry Network, please feel free to visit mmn.ag.